From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone. Romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663, or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we're talking about the sexual tug of war that can happen with your spouse and what you can do to get on the same team. And here's what poet and author Shel Silverstein had to say about tug of war. He said, I will not play at tug of war. I'd rather play at hug of war, where everyone hugs instead of tugs, where everyone giggles and rolls on the rug, where everyone kisses and everyone grins and everyone cuddles and everyone wins. Mm. And I love that because while he might have been writing this poem for children and talking about peace, the applicability to marriage, like what does it look like if we get away from tug of war and start getting into a place of hug of war and giggles and kisses and rolling around on the rug and that's what we're talking about in today's show. That's it. Absolutely. And, you know, we start every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And hug is an actual, it's just such a powerful part for me of every show that we do because it's an opportunity for Tony and I to celebrate what you're doing in your marriage. That's right. With the One Family, where you guys are taking action. And this hug comes from a post that was in the One Family Facebook group that starts with, yesterday I was searching for podcasts on marriage to just reconnect with my wife and I came across One Extraordinary Marriage. When I say I fell in love with it, I mean it. (laughs) I listened all day yesterday and started up immediately when I got in the truck this morning. I was so excited when I Mm. told my wife yesterday that we listened to one and she got excited also. We've been married almost nine years and it feels like we just opened up a new door and we can't wait to grow. Oh, love it. This morning, I started reading The Six Pillars of Intimacy and I finished it. I have two words. The first one is hurt because of the hurt I've caused in our marriage. Mm. I've done significant damage in every pillar, whether I realized it or not. But the second word is rebuild. It's time that my wife and I rebuild around the six pillars of intimacy. And I can't tell you how excited I am. I should add, we have a good marriage. We're just working toward an extraordinary one. Oh, I love it. Come on. I, I, you know what I do love, though, is the hurt, um, the two words, hurt, rebuild. And, and I just, you know, it's the cracks in the pillars, uh-huh. right? And pillars can be rebuilt. They can fall down. Mm-hmm. They can you know, tip a little to the side and side, or they can have some cracks in him and yet you can rebuild. And that is a word for each and every one of you, no matter where you are and what season you are in your life or which pillar has a crack right now. Like that's the beauty of the six pillars of intimacy. They're not always perfect. Mm -hmm. They're not. Elisa and I are working on some of our own right now, but we look at him and we go, all right, where are we rebuilding? How how are we strengthening those cracks? Absolutely. Or those pillars, I mean. Yeah, well, repairing the cracks, strengthening the pillars. That's it. There you go. There you go. You know, and the catalyst for the show really came from the fact that recently I've been having coaching conversations and having just sort of this repeated conversation around the fact that one spouse feels like sex is being controlled by the other spouse, that it's not something that's mutually decided on, that it's not something that they're addressing together. And I want to say before we go any further in this particular episode is that Here's the thing. That's not always a male thing and it's not always a female thing, right? Who controls sex in a marriage that is not done along gender lines Mm -mm. because there are just as many men that control sex as there are women. So whatever you think about your marriage, don't worry about what it looks like for everybody else. Focus on the two of you because as I was discussing it with different clients, you know, we get into this place where as they're sharing with me, 
it starts to sound like the sexual intimacy is more a tug of war than we're on the same team and we're facing a challenge together. And, you know, as I started thinking, okay, what does that sound like? You know, tug of war, tug of war, tug of war. And I literally had this image, you guys, of a husband and wife on opposite sides with the rope in between them and like the most gigantic, disgusting mud pit in between, right? And, and that rope is their sex life, mm-hmm. right? And I see one person pulling the other, having the control, pulling the other person through the mud and it's just gross and stinky and you know like grass everywhere and all that kind of stuff and and as I was envisioning that the thought that came to mind is that in tug of war when the two of you are not on the same team when it is a tug of war there's always going to be a loser somebody's always going to end up in the mud and that goes opposite of what marriage is as a team sport and and I'll tell you Tony and I have been there (laughs) This, this is not a show that's all theory this is like legit I think we could go back all the way to episode three. The, the if I remember, uh, it McDonald's was, theory. Yeah, the McDonald's theory. Yeah, I mean that that's how far back we can we can see it and and go. Wow, we had a huge tug of war around our sexual intimacy for the first eleven years of our marriage, and there are still times even today where that can still happen, mm-hmm. but we recognize it. And we'll be sharing how you guys can also recognize it and what you can do so you're not playing tug of war. Absolutely. Because in our marriage, I mean, it wasn't something that we talked about. No. It, it wasn't something that was valued equally in our marriage. It wasn't something that we were intentional about. And, and we didn't see our sexual intimacy really as a way to build connection. In those early years, it was more like almost, it went from being, you know, something fun that we did to, in a sense, being this obligation. For me, it became more of an obligation because we weren't talking about it because we didn't understand how our bodies work because it just became something that, that really felt routine. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, eh, you know, and I did become very unconsciously kind of controlling about it. You know, we had sex when I wanted to have sex, regardless of how Tony was initiating, regardless of anything else. Like, you know, he, the fingers would come across the bed and I'm like, do I want to or not? Like, Like that was what was going on inside my head. And we recently asked all of you up on Instagram, um, we asked the question, does it feel like the decision whether or not to have sex typically rests with just one of you? In other words, does someone control when the two of you have sex? And 70% of you said yes. That's a substantial number Mm -hmm. in my mind. We took that question one step further and asked, is sex sometimes withheld in a way that feels punishing or retaliatory? And 31% of you said yes. And while that number is much smaller, it is still a significant number to me that, that sex is being withheld in marriage in a way that feels punishing. Mm-hmm. And we need to get, we need to dig down into this, you guys, as, as the one family, because the emotions, the feelings that get stirred when there's a one-sidedness when it comes to sex or when sex is being withheld, guys, these are big emotions. There, there's a lot of weight when the sexual intimacy pillar has got massive cracks in it in a marriage because people say things like, you know, what's, when I ask the question, what's the impact of that? We got statements like, it was draining. It was detrimental to my soul. I feel like I'm not desirable or that our relationship is conditional. I'm so stressed from being rejected. On the other side, I feel like a bad spouse for wanting to have sex with my spouse. 
It feels like a power struggle. There's resentment, insecurity. It feels like my spouse isn't interested or attracted to me. I feel unwanted. I'm not confident anymore. I can't figure out what I need to do or change. Mm. Reading those comments when they first started to come in, in, in response to the question and even preparing them for the show, I will tell you that I felt the weight of those emotions. It's very much mm. why we did that show, literally episode number three. That would have still been either late January or early February of 2010, 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. And we did that show all the way back then because when we did the 60-day sex challenge, I realized the impact of our one-sidedness. I realized the impact of playing tug of war. And I realized that in our marriage, a lot of those statements had either been said or felt. Yeah. And interesting when Elisa read those, you know, I could feel them because I understand that place. Mm-hmm. Truly, I understand that place. And so as she was reading them, I, I was here just soaking those in and just going, wow, I, I understand that. Like, I, I, I feel where you are. And I want to share that this isn't where you have to stay. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want you to know, that you may be feeling that now, and yet things can begin to change. Mm-hmm. You can strengthen that sexual intimacy pillar. You can strengthen your emotional intimacy pillar. You can begin to have the extraordinary marriage you desire by stepping in, mm-hmm. both of you stepping in. And it's going to take some time. There's going to be has, there's going to be some trust that needs to be rebuilt, right? That happens over time. There are going to have to be some conversations. Many of you may have to go get a coach you know, and get somebody in there to, to sort of like dig through and hear both sides and, and be there for you. So you have some accountability to somebody else and each other. But I will tell you that if you're feeling this way, you don't need to stay this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, it's like, I was telling this wife, um, earlier this week when, when I was formulating this show in my head and, you know, she was lamenting, the lack of emotional intimacy at the same time that her spouse or her husband was sad that there was no sexual intimacy. You know, and so they're both lamenting and sad over something missing out of their marriage. And, and what I shared to them was, um, you know, the reality is, is that it's a chicken and egg, right? We, we want more sexual intimacy and yet we want more into emotion. One wants more emotional intimacy and we have to actually address the sexual tug of war from both sides. Mm -hmm. The sexual tug of war isn't just about your sexual intimacy. It's also about your emotional intimacy and and recognizing that starts to shift everything. And we want to get into that in more detail after this break. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring DC, Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're back. And we're talking about the tug of war that sometimes happens around sexual intimacy and marriage. And, you know, I shared earlier in the show that, that I had such a powerful image and I share that with you around what this looks like, right? What the actual tug of war looks like and how much mud can really start to, you know, be flung around when the two of you are on opposing sides, when, when your sexual intimacy is that rope and you're pulling somebody through it. And and the question that, that I want to ask every single one of you is, do you really want to drag your spouse through the mud? I think that's the biggest question. I, I, and it is exactly as you were, as you were saying that right there, I was like, do I really want to pull you into the mud? And, and that's a question I think we have to ask ourselves and and in this situation. And I think even in any situation Mm -hmm. that we may want to get, that we get into with our spouse, are, are, are we wanting to like, just drag them through the mud. And if your answer is no, then what can you do? Mm-hmm. Like, again, we go back to what can I do? So that way we're not in this sexual tug of war. What, what, what can I do? So I'm not pulling her or him and causing this to happen. Right. Because I have to believe if you're listening to the show and you've gotten this far into it today, that you don't want there to be the power struggles, that you, you're you looking for a solution, that maybe this has been the dynamic in your marriage, right? The, the question I didn't ask when, when we put those stories up is, is this still going on or is this something in the past? And I do know from some of the comments we received that there are those of you that this is a past experience, that mm-hmm. you have actually taken action over whatever the period of time is to shift this, but some of you haven't. For some of you, this is the current status in your marriage. And what I want to say is we've, we've got to get into this place where we aren't creating more power struggles in our marriage, where we're looking at it and going, like Tony said, what can I do? What can we do as a couple that, that it's not just this like, well, one person is controlling the sexual intimacy, but that it's something we mutually discuss talk about and agree upon. So the first thing that you have to do is you have to get honest about what this dynamic either looks like or has looked like in your marriage. Because if 70% of you have experienced this, that's a whole lot of people in the one family. And some of you are probably nodding your head right now going, yeah, that's my life. And this is where you can't just say, yeah, it's my life, but, but you got to go deeper. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Don't, ju- don't just stay at the surface. People saying, yeah, Lisa, that's what's going on with us. Why is it happening in your marriage? And, and can I say many of things can start popping up? hundred percent. Like this isn't just a, oh, just because I feel like it. I mean, there may be some things that you need to address in your own life and what's happened in your marriage. I mean, this can go in a lot of ways right now, folks, Mm -hmm. for each of you. It could go in many different directions. And so please know that this isn't some flippant, like, 
quick little thing and, oh, we're good and we're moving on. There may be have to be some healing going on, some deep work that needs to go. For some of you, it may be just a, a bit of like some miscommunication going on. Mm-hmm. Like your emotional intimacy has some cracks in it. Your, 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 your verbal and nonverbal communication has just been off recently. And so maybe you need to address it there. But this can go a, a number of different ways. So you, you may have to walk through this yourself and, and even just look internally like, why am I? If you feel like you're the one controlling, why am I mm-hmm. doing this? Because you have to get to the point where you're answering the question, you know, are there unresolved hurts? Is there trauma that hasn't been dealt with? Do we not talk about our sexual intimacy? Are, are we still in the process of healing from infidelity? Like those are just some of the questions to ask. And likely, you know, you'll start to, you'll start to go down this, this trail. And I, I'm not very purposely not calling it a rabbit hole. This is a trail. This is a path to gain understanding about what's going on in your marriage. But you've got to, here's the thing. Extraordinary couples don't stop at the surface. They go deeper to understand what's going on. Why? Because your breakthrough is on the other side of your understanding, right? The mud comes off when you fully understand who you are and what the dynamic is and why the rope is being pulled. Hmm. You've got to be willing to ask the questions of yourself first. Don't, don't just start pounding your spouse with questions. Look to self before you look outward. Answer the questions. Likely you may have more as you start to go down this process. Journal, you know, Sit with yourself and allow yourself to process your emotions. Don't be so scared of them. And then go out on a walk and talk Mm -hmm. and get those out. You know, express them to your spouse. What's happening? Move. Get out of the environment that you guys typically have your conversations. Do something different. Like, let's, let's get out of the tug of war and our emotional intimacy of, we have to have this conversation in our bedroom mm-hmm. or it always has to happen just right here. Change it up, get outside, go for, go to the lake, get on the boat. I don't know, whatever, whatever you like to do, go kayaking, go for a drive, do something different than what you've been doing. So you can get different results than you've been getting. Well, and I want to share too, and I know a lot of you have heard this when it comes to communication. And I literally, I was just having this conversation with our 16-year-old last night talking about a friendship that she's dealing with. And I told her the same thing I'm going to tell all of you. Focus on the I statements. Don't make this about what your spouse has done. Make it about what you're feeling. I feel. I'm experiencing. My perception. Don't, don't turn this into a blame fest. Mm. Remember, you sought understanding of yourself first. So share what you understand about yourself. Next thing that you need to do is two of you need to actually start talking about your sexual intimacy. (gasps) Yes, I did just say you have to talk about sex. And I get it. We get it. We did not grow up in families that talked about sex. We didn't grow up in families that talked about relationships. And so it might feel really awkward and uncomfortable and unnatural and weird. And I don't care what word you stick there. But if you don't talk about it, the sexual tug of war is never going to change because you're not talking about what's happening. You're just repeating the same cycle over and over again. And one of you is staying in the mud all the time. And this also I would say is around your, your own sexual health. Where are you? If you're a woman and you're going through menopause or you think you're perimenopausal, it's expressing that to your spouse. If you're a guy and you're dealing with, 
ED or um, premature ejaculation or, you know, you're having these areas that are just like, it's frustrating to you. Um, You feel like you have a, a lack of energy. Go get help. Talk to your spouse about where you are. Because they may be feeling like you're controlling it mm-hmm. because you're not wanting to have sex. And, and yet internally you're like, I can't get an erection right now. And that to you is, is it, it's, it's hurting your self-confidence. I get it. There, I've gone through this and during stressful times where Elisa is starting to initiate and I'm unable to get an erection. And I'm going, what do I do? I feel like I lack right now. I, I'm, not, I'm unable to perform the way I have been before. And so I've had to tell her and let her know that right now I'm super stressed out. And this stress is causing me to not be able to get an erection as quickly or the way I'm used to. And so can you help me along? And I know that's tough for us guys to say. Hmm. If there are bigger issues, go go to your doctor. Go grab the penis book, learn more, understand, because that for us guys, it, it, it's detrimental. Like Absolutely. It, it, it's, and, and for you wives to know that, that it's detrimental. Like it, it, it's, it's like, it's a wound. It, it hurts. Like I can't perform for my wife. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I can control it by just going, Hey, I don't want to have sex. Side note, that happens a lot in marriages when there is ED. I, I'm just, I hear it a lot as mm-hmm. a coach. That that is one of the areas where, or one of the circumstances or times when a man will actually control sex a lot more if he's worried about his performance. Mm-hmm. It becomes this cycle, and that is a total side note. But getting into this, right? So you're gonna you're gonna you know get honest with what the dynamic has looked like. You're gonna start talking about your sexual intimacy, and, and I want to stress something really here. You guys hear us talk about the six pillars of intimacy week in and week out on the One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We need you to know that your sexual intimacy pillar is just as important as the other five. Mm -hmm. You can't focus on all the others and ignore or avoid your sexual intimacy, right? It's not like, like the one that you can just kind of pretend doesn't happen In, in the same way. You can't only focus or be focused on your sexual intimacy pillar and ignore or avoid the other five, right? You, we don't pick and choose. They're all important in a marriage. And because of that, like guys, I wrote an entire chapter, chapter 11 in the six pillars of intimacy book is called every pillar matters. And I didn't write that chapter because I needed to take up more space in the book. We didn't need more pages. That chapter is in the book because every pillar matters. You need all six. You need the sexual intimacy and you need the emotional intimacy and you need physical and you need recreational and financial. You need them all. Don't pick and choose because you've got unresolved stuff. Mm. Deal with the unresolved stuff so that you can have strength in all six of your pillars. Am I getting a little soapbox heavy on you? Yeah, I am. Why? Because it hurts to see so many marriages where somebody is in the mud. And here's the thing. If you find yourself repeating the cycle where somebody's going through the mud and somebody's controlling sex and the two of you have tried to solve this on your own, I'm going to straight up tell you, it's time to get help. It's time to get help. I had the privilege earlier this week of being able to talk to and introduce One Extraordinary Marriage to a number of people. And one of the things that I shared with them is we actually don't want any couple to wait to get the help that they need 
to create their extraordinary marriage. I shared, we don't want anyone to become a divorce statistic because they didn't have the tools or have the resources or have the know-how to turn things around. Guys, this is what we stand on. This is the reason we get behind the microphones every single week. Whether we're talking about your sexual intimacy or your emotional intimacy, like we're focusing on today or any one of the other pillars, please don't wait to get the help that you need. And if that's coaching, then, then apply for coaching, right? There's nothing wrong in asking for help. If that's an area of your marriage where you need help. That's right. And if that's you go to one extraordinary marriage.com slash coaching and simply apply. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. But ultimately at the end of the day, what I really want you guys to get out of the show, what we want you guys to get out of the show is I want you to have that strong visual on the mud. Mm-hmm. I want you to be thinking about that mud and going, which side am I on? Are we on opposite sides? And we've got this power struggle going on and, and we're, we're going through the mud. One of us is in the mud. Or are we on both sides or on the same side? And we're standing in this place and we're like pulling this rope, our sexual intimacy, and we're pulling it through so that we can actually have breakthrough together. You two are the only ones that can determine if you're on the same side or opposite sides. All we can do is equip you with the tools and strategies that you need. Yeah. Well, at least I laid it out there for you. I mean, you have two options, right? And I think the biggest visual for myself is I don't think I ever want to see me pulling Elisa into the mud and her coming out of that mud feeling dejected and rejected. Mm. And as she stated that, it just reminds me of the tension that we sometimes get ourselves into as well here. The DeLorenzos do have tension and we can tug a war with one another And that visual, though, has shifted the way I'm going to look at how we're addressing our sexual intimacy in this season. And it is our desire that you'll do the same for yours. You guys go have yourselves a fantastic week. Don't tug a war. Get on that same side together. Have yourselves a great one. We'll catch you next week. Love you guys.